Welcome to, well, that fucked me up. It really did. A podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And each week we're going to be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing events. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Which is flipping awesome. Yeah. Because we're all about that. We're all about listening to people's stories about adversity and trauma and, and crazy stuff. I think there really is something for everybody. There's many, many topics, many, many guests, people that really have got through uh, some extraordinary things. Please share the love, share the show, get in touch, follow us, subscribe, click. We're trying to make it easy and open for people to discuss things that may normally feel tricky to do so. Um, We've been on an extraordinary journey and we're glad you can join us. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Well, That Fucked Me Up. I am your host, Luke Coulson, and today our guest is Stephanie Ann. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Our listeners can't see this, but we're both wearing a kind of a nice light brown situation going on, like a beige. So we're matching today. (laughs) Is it, um, how is it having two first names? <laughs> it, uh, well, you know, I, I was married to two narcissists oh. and I took their last names. Oh, and so shit. when both of my marriages ended, I'm like, you know, I don't want either of them. That is literally so like, now I, I, I stumped, that's so funny because we haven't even got into it, but like, and I just thought to ask you how it was having two first names. And it turns out that's all to do with the reason that we're, here to talk about which is kind of fun so um we're we're here to talk about like surviving life-changing events that's what our podcast is all about um can be stuff that happened when you were younger childhood stuff relationship stuff physical stuff mental stuff uh accidents diagnosis um things you're still going through now um so with all of that stephanie where would you like to begin Well, I usually begin where I had my kind of breakdown moment. I was at my sister's house, just laying on the bathroom floor, Mm. just crying. Like, Mm. why me? Mm. I didn't do anything wrong. Wow. Why me? I'm a good person. Why me? If you look at everything I've done, I've done everything right in my life. Wow. Yet in that moment, I could not get past all the pain and suffering that had engulfed my life for so many years. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. So I spent um, over 17 years within these two abusive marriages. And with that came a lot of loss. I lost a house in a house fire. I lost a house in a hurricane. I had a baby born with an extremely rare genetic disorder. It was like, you know, my, my second ex-husband, his ex-wife died, leaving us three extra kids. I had six boys under the age of 14. And it was like all this stuff just kept happening and happening and happening. All this big, heavy trauma. And so I'm sitting here at my sister's house and I actually had lost my eyesight and, and I felt in that moment, you know, the divine God was speaking to me mm. and saying, Stephanie, you're not seeing your story through the right lens. Mm. And I, I physically could not see my story, 
but also like spiritually, meta- metaphysically, whatever, mm. you know, metaphorically, mm. I also could not see my story because I've been stuck in this victim mindset for over 17 years, you know, just having all this crap happen. Firstly, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a whole <laughs> is a lot. bunch of stuff to unpack there. But what I, <clears throat> what I wanted to say is that I really relate to the victim mentality and I really picked up on what you were saying about, <coughs> excuse me, why me? Like, why me? Why have I attracted all this stuff? I'm a good person. I haven't harmed anybody. Why am I the person? So my, in my case, Stephanie, it was, yes. uh, it was major alcoholism and self-sabotage of relationships, right? And I was running away, right? Running away from trauma, as I now know. I didn't know that at the time. And I would just assume failure was coming my way. I would just assume around the next corner was another letdown, was another um, thing for me. There it is again. Well, that trust, of course that happened. It's me, right? So I'm really... It's like we have this expectation that it's going to come and we expectantly wait for it and then we call it in. Yeah, and that is, it's, I mean, we'll get to this, you know, because um, I kind of want to dwell a little bit on this, what sounds like a f- fucking horrific past of this relationship scenario. I mean, aside from you having um, houses burned down through fire and hurricanes and goodness knows what, I'm in a relationship now, my sort of long term, like now life relationship, and we have four boys under the age of 14. So that also resonated (laughs) with me, you know, so amazing that we have so much in common already. So where did the narcissism or the abusive relationship situation begin for you? And how do you sort of feel you might have attracted that? Or how did the manipulation begin? And because often this is like the boiling frog situation, right? I was in a relationship when I was in my 20s. Before I knew it, she was controlling what I was able to text people, call people, who I was meant to see, who I wasn't allowed to see. Whoa. So how, how did that happen for you? Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the first big myths is that to have uh, these um, violent or um, abusive relationships is that we come from an abusive family. Mm. I did not. Mm. I have a very healthy wonderful, mm. loving family. My parents are still married. They have modeled healthy relationships. That's interesting. Um, for me, when I met my first husband, I um, had, I was in college. I had, you know, traveled around the world. I, I mean, I did so many great things. And and then I found myself in this. I didn't find myself, but, you know, I started this relationship with this this guy. We were both in college at the time. Mm. And I actually was, my background was in domestic violence. I was a domestic violence advocate. Wow. I worked at the prosecutor's office. Wow. And so, you know, that that is my background is domestic violence. But I did not know I was in an abusive uh, relationship because it, it, the, it, the red flags, everything didn't start to show up until I went to law school. Right. When I went to law school, then it was all my attention that I used to be able to focus on him mm. was now focused on my studies. Mm. And so if you look at what narcissism is, narcissism, uh, narcissist was that, that Greek mythology of the guy who fell in love with his reflection, you know, he never left it. And so, you know, narcissists, they have this, um, this grandiose sense of self-importance, this preoccupation with fantasies Mm. that they are, 
just up here, po- unlimited power, mm. success, beauty, wealth. Mm. They have this belief that they are the most special person mm. in the world. Um, just this huge sense of entitlement and yeah. this huge sense of um, needing adoration and admiration from others. Mm. And so, you know, when we were dating, when it was just us, I could give, I could feed into all of that of for him. Yeah. It was easy, you know, in the beginning of relationships, it's, you know, of course. it's easy yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I didn't start to notice things until I went to law school. And when I went to law school, then that's when he looked elsewhere for um, affection, mm. for adoration, for admiration, because mm. they had this constant need. And so for him, he was an excessive cheater. Right. And, and how many of us do this? How many of us put cheating on one side mm. And abuse on the other mm, side. Mm. Well, he's a cheater. She's a cheater. Mm. No, that's abuse. Yeah, of course. But see, back then, domestic violence was really just focused on the physical violence. Of there course. wasn't a lot of talk around emotional and psychological violence. Yeah. Or, or abuse, which yeah. that is what cheating is. Yeah. It's a form of psychological and emotional abuse. Of course it is. But now it seems so obvious, right? Like, why would that not be it, abuse? Right? It's because we didn't talk about <laughs> wow. it then. People weren't talking the way we are talking now. Mm. People weren't talking about narcissism back then. Mm. I didn't know. But but you know what else I, I found out later on was that my first husband, as a young child and teenager, he was diagnosed with uh, oppositional defiant. Opposition defiant, mm. as a person gets older, mm. morphs into, you know, one of the cluster B disordered personalities. Yeah. And for him, it was narcissism. Yeah. And so... You know, I'm not a psychiatrist, although what's funny is his father is a psychiatrist. Wow. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, we don't know these things and no one's talking about it. And yeah. so for me, it was I just spent 14 years uh, trying to wow. get someone to love me, trying to um, get him to turn his attention onto me. Like, why is he out there seeking all these other women? And it wasn't like. You know, I'm an attractive person. Mm. It, it wasn't like the narcissists go for attractive people. Yep. They go for anyone who will give them yes. that attention because, that they seek that feeds their ego. Because in a way, they're, they're addicted to that ego. That narcissistic behavior means they need adoration at all times and they can't understand why yes. they wouldn't be getting it. So they go and find it. And was he openly cheating like was he sort of rubbing that in your face or did you know about it did he know that you knew what was the dynamic there (laughs) so it was a lot of um you know I don't know how much was physical I I do know that there was some physical stuff a lot of it was emotional just talking with women all night long yeah you know and so he would drink and go into his room and just be on online you know with social media platforms it just becomes so easy and then you know, I, I gave up my career because he's like, well, you're not, we don't have children. And so wow. I'm going to divorce you. And, and it's like, well, why do we, why do we stay? Why do we beg? Why did I beg him to stay when I was, I had so much, much better. Yeah. And, you know, there's this thing called the trauma bond. Mm. And so what you have is. It's similar to to Stockholm syndrome. You mm. hear people say that mm. Stockholm syndrome is when the victim falls in love with the kidnapper or the captor or something. Yeah, it's it's very similar with um, the trauma bond that forms in a narcissistic relationship. Mm. Because what happens is you have you have three phases 
the first phase of a relationship with a narcissism is the idealization phase. Yep. Then you have the devaluation mm. and then you have the discard. Mm. So in the beginning of a relationship, in the idealization phase, they put you high up on this pedestal. And if you haven't been in a lot of relationships or maybe you have been from an abusive background mm. and this is where that myth comes in. Mm. I mean, it's not, it, it's true, but there's so much more to it. Mm. Um, you know, you, here's someone who, who gets you, yeah. someone who understands you, yeah. someone who mirrors you. They not only mirror your mannerisms and your hobbies and your likes, they mirror your value system. Yeah. And so when they'll start to throw words around, like you're my soulmate, I've been praying for you. Uh, God brought you into my life. Is this the same as, is this the same as like love bombing? I've heard that term as something. So that, that comes right in the beginning. Right. So in the beginning is the idealization phase. Got so it. this is where it's like all about you. They put you up on this platform. You can do no wrong. They love wow. everything wow. about you. Yeah. My, I like to use my second husband as an example because he, he was one who was more relevant. Um, but like he, he loved that I was an attorney. He loved mm. that I was a strong, powerful woman. Yes. He loved that all my girlfriends were strong, powerful yeah. women. Yeah. He loved that the way I parented my children, mm. he, he just, I could do no wrong. Mm. He loved everything. It was mm. like, wow, this is the ideal mm. person. Mm. And they listen mm. like no other. Mm. And so you feel so comfortable that you start to open up and share all your vulnerabilities, mm. all your insecurities. Mm. You know, this is like the perfect partner. Yeah. Well, then the devaluation phase hits. And this is where the mask slowly comes off. And it's now everything that they have mirrored and projected back to you mm. is now completely the opposite. Mm. And so is now, I hate lawyers. I hate the whole legal profession. You guys are just money hungry. You just, oh you know, goodness. every negative thing you can think of about uh, attorneys. He hated all my girlfriends. They, yeah. all your girlfriends, I blah, blah, blah. He, he hated the way I parented. He hated my children. Oh he, my you know, it was like a, a, a complete what was 180. That time, what was that time frame? I know, appreciate we're talking about your second husband now. And I kind of want to ask, I don't want to derail us, like how you came out of one narcissistic, abusive marriage and then went straight into another one. But there's patterns, right? But just quickly, how yeah. long was that turnaround process from the adoration into the, I don't like any of these things about you, even though you... you the devaluation. The devaluation. Um, for me, it was it was a couple months. Wow. So the idealization Quick. phase, they really, they really try to get you hooked. Mm. So you become... You become hooked on them. Mm. And so when the devaluation comes, it is, it's very confusing and it's like, it, it doesn't make sense. And then you have the love bombing. Mm. So they will devalue you mm. and maybe, uh, you know, they'll start gaslighting and start manipulating. And, you know, for, for anyone out there who doesn't know what gaslighting is, it's like, um, it is, they tell you, they, they try to twist your reality. Mm. And so, um, they'll say, I never said that. Yeah. You're too sensitive. Yeah. Um, it was just a joke. I'm just yeah. being sarcastic. Can't you yeah. take a joke? Yeah. You know, so they'll, so they'll do like lots of gaslighting and manipulation. And so then they might 
uh, ignore you for se- several days. You wow. know, they might just go on this like little pity party and this is the devaluation. Wow. And then they will come back and they won't apologize, <clears throat> but they'll just love bomb you. Yeah. I love, I, I, I love you yeah. and, and pretend like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And so all of this like devaluation, love bombing, devaluation, love bombing creates this whole atmosphere called cognitive dissonance. Mm. You're very, it's a very confusing. Mm. If you ever hear people say, mm. oh, they have a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personality. Mm. I can't figure them out. Mm. This is, you might be with someone with a disordered well, personality. Yeah. And so all of that, this intermittent reinforcement, you know, of the, the love bombing, the devaluation, love bombing, devaluation, that forms an attachment bond. Of course. Of course it does. And so. Yeah. And an attachment bond, I like to explain it as a drug addiction. You literally are addicted to this person. Mm. So with a drug user, the first time they use a drug, they get this really high dopamine rush, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so then the next time they're like, well, I'm going to use it again because Mm -hmm. that was so amazing. Mm -hmm. But they never quite get that first high. Then they keep using and keep using and they never get that first high. Similarly, in a trauma bond is we know that they know how to treat us well. Mm. We know that they know how to, quote, love us. Mm. And so we stay because thinking, you're... well, maybe if I tweet yeah. something about me. Yeah. It's like when people are stuck in, like, physical relationships. And it's not that dissimilar because mental abuse is just as harmful at the end of the day. But it's a thing. Someone will, you know, a, a, a the, the girl will have a broken arm or a black eye. It's, it's, he, he said it's his last time. You know, he knows that he made a mistake. And you're right. You're always waiting for that thing that you once had. It was in there. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> so I'm waiting for it to come back. I, I really understand that. Also, you're... Analogy. I'm a. I'm in recovery many years now, but I am very familiar with what chasing that that high or that you know feeling of feeling better from a drink or a drug looks like, and and that does not end well. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. So, uh, well, and it's and and this is why when people say, "Why don't you just leave?" Mm. This is why it's very challenging to mm. leave. Mm. One, because we think, well. Maybe if, if I just change these things about me, so he's called me all these names, he's criticized me, so there must be something wrong with me. Mm. Let me go do the work. Let me change myself, mm. and then I will know how to love him better. Oh, wow. Can I ask? But it, it, Sorry, carry on. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. I wanted to ask um, a couple of questions. Does the narcissist know, like are they consciously aware of these patterns because there is a very specific, strict pattern. They're not. They're not sort of setting out. Oh, this is. Ha- this is. First, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. This is just a narcissistic behavior, correct? Yes. Yes. And so, uh, consciously aware, probably not always, but subconsciously, it mm. has the awareness has got to the subconscious level where it becomes habit. You know, if you look at how the mind works, we have the, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is where our habits and our paradigms are. Mm. And so they've been doing this for so long mm. that it is a habit. Mm. And so it, it's like riding a bike. You know, we, 
we all learned how to ride a bike when we were little. And even though I haven't ridden a bike, you know, in 20 years, I know I can get on a bike and I yeah. can still ride it. Yeah. And so because it lives, <clears throat> the skills live in my subconscious yeah. mind. And so with their behaviors and their patterns, they live in, it lives in their subconscious mind, but they can control the manipulations. They know to an extent what they are doing. Mm. And I I always have so many people say, well, do they know they're a narcissist? Mm. Well, you know, I was married to two. Mm. (laughs) I was married to a covert narcissist and Mm. an overt narcissist, Mm. both very different. Mm. But guess what? Mm. They each referred to the other as a narcissist. Oh, your ex-husband is such a narcissist. Oh, Stephanie, your your husband is such a narcissist. Yeah. So, you know, I, is it, I'm not a psychiatrist, well, but is it, they I, have some awareness. I'd like to get into the over and covert in a second, but it's like so fascinating to me. Um, is there something about a narcissist that's sort of, I mean, this is a crazy question, but... There seems to be some like borderline sociopathic involved here because they don't seem to be aware of the damage or emotional pain they're causing the person. They don't see, they seem to be almost sort of getting off on this manipulation. Well, and if you, if you look at um, like the cluster B personalities, so the psychopath, um, histrionic, uh, narcissist, you know, all of these uh, cluster B per- disordered personalities over time, they have developed and they develop these false senses about who they are mm. and, and what they are. Um, but their, their behaviors, I say that they are aware of what they're doing because when they can't manipulate or control you any longer, that's when you hit the third stage of the, of discard. Mm. And so they, they know to some extent what they're doing. Mm. I had had so many people say, Oh, your ex is crazy. No, he's not. Mm. He's calculated. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Look at the way they discard. Wow. They know what they are doing. Wow. And if, again, you have to look at the whole overarching thing is narcissistic, Abuse. Mm. It's domestic violence. Domestic Mm. violence is all about power and control. Mm. Narcissistic abuse is all about power and control. Mm. How can they manipulate you? How can they control you? If they can no longer manipulate and control you with their words and their behaviors, you know, they're passive aggressive, they're all these things, Mm. then they will use physical violence. Wow. Fuck. What happened in the instant? I've got so many questions. This is fascinating. <laughs> what happened? I don't want to. I'm just about to start writing them down. I'm like, I've got so many. I've got so many questions. Um, what happened in? Every the, time I've done an episode, I, people are like, "Can you come back?" Yeah, and I mean, explain wow. more, and then guests have questions. And you know why? I think because everyone suddenly relates so much to what you're saying about like their own traits or their relationship traits or. A, former relationship they might have had or a situation that their friends in right so i i got so many questions so how did your two narcissistic marriages end were you discarded or you got the I fuck was. out I was. And so um, my first husband again i didn't know he was a narcissist at the time i knew it, it just didn't feel like a normal typical marriage you know again i grew up in a house where where healthy relationships were modeled. Mm. And so um, he just never stopped cheating. Mm. And eventually he, he left for another woman. Wow. Um, he was a, a doctor. He was 
a, and I say past tense because he has uh, a couple months ago, he committed suicide. Um, oh my goodness. And, and that's another big thing, like uh, eventually wow. guilt and shame and living these double lives, it, it catches up to them unless they continue to suppress and suppress and suppress. But um, so for him, you know, he was a leader in the community. He was well loved. He was respected. Um, he, we went to church and actually he, he ran off with another married woman mm. and, you know, um, and, and he denied it <laughs> even when they were living together, he, yeah. he denied it because they, they live in their own delusional. Did, did you world. have kids with him? I did. We, I have um, my two older boys. So I have a 12 year old and a nine year old. So they lost their father. They lost their father recently. Though. They, they did. I'm so they sorry. Did. And you know, with, with them, um, you know, this is kind of controversial because everyone has different ideas on, on what we tell our children. How much do we try to protect our children? For me, being again, my background is in domestic violence. I was mm. a domestic violence attorney, mm. all that stuff. Mm. Um, I was very open with my kids. Mm. I would say, you know, just what, no, your dad went away with mm. this other married woman. Mm. And, and they knew. Yeah. We all hung out together. They, yeah. they know things. And so I just explained everything on their level. Yeah. And so when then their father, so he left for another woman and then he spent six years using the courts to further abuse me. And that is a whole another episode post-separation through the legal system. That's horrendous. Dear God. Did they not have a relationship with, did they not have a relationship with him then? They, you know, they, they were not very close with him. He was uh, very much the Disneyland dad. Got it. So it would be a weekend of lots of fun. He would have them for, for three nights, but it would he would usually keep them for two, and then he'd bring them back early. He always brought yeah. them back early. But it's and hard he was on never them. available. It's for hard other on them. Sorry to them. interrupt. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just I, my boys are that, that age, and it's hard on them any which way, right? It's got to be, and that's tough. I'm sorry that that's happened at it, the end of it all. It is. And, you know, after. He attempted, and then he he actually followed through with it three weeks later. Mm. Um, and so again, I was the one who had to sit down and, and talk to my my children, like, "Hey, mm. your dad tried to hurt himself. This is what <laughs> this is what happened." Wow. And you know, after he did die, my my nine year old, he said, "Mom, now we can go travel the world." Wow. And this was his way of saying, "We are free," free. because he started to with within like the past probably four months before he committed suicide, he started trying to alienate them from me. He took their phones away so that they couldn't call me. He blocked me on everything. He, he just kept throwing just frivolous litigation and filing all these strange motions. And like, you could just see that the, the delusion. Well, he had lost control and he couldn't fucking deal with it. And yeah. I know this sounds awful, but just listening to you in these few minutes we've met each other, I'm feeling the relief and your freedom as much as that's a horrible thing to say. There must be some sense of feeling of freedom, a huge sense of feeling of freedom oh, on your part. Hugely, hugely. And, you know, it it was also a, 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 a mindfuck as well, because it's like... It, prior to that, because I had just left my second husband, mm. he had um, 
He had called me. Mm. We hadn't talked since the day he walked out, right. aside from, you know, dealing with children. Yeah. He called me and he was like, and he apologized for wow. everything he had done to me. Wow. And he's like, I'm still in love with you. Oh. I love you. But he's married to someone else. Oh my goodness. You know, and it was like, it, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, finally we can have this working parenting relationship yeah and then as soon as i show up so i'm like okay i'm going to move to the town that he yep. lives in and yep. let's have a working relationship for our kids i I always wanted our kids to be able to go back and forth yes. and stuff and then all of a sudden he just he he threw some like really crazy motion at me and just and all this stuff even you'd been tricked then basically you'd been emotionally oh, yeah, yeah. tricked oh completely bloody completely. Hell. it's like a horror movie it's like that sleeping it, with it, the enemy or something it was bloody hell it was so it's wow. yeah so that was how that was how the first one ended the second one mm. it was even worse okay so um you know again going back to my second husband we we had this wonderful relationship for for many months i didn't people say well didn't you see red flags mm. well not not really he he was an alcoholic i didn't know that he had vodka bottles everywhere i didn't know i wasn't looking for that sounds like me and alcoholics <laughs> as you know you are good at hiding things. really good yeah until, until we're not is, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and yep. vodka has no odor yep and so i didn't know he was wow. drinking a fifth or more every day wow I, I had no idea. And, you know, and, and the things that he told me in the beginning, like, oh, his ex-wife cheated on him as well. And so it was like, okay, well, we had that, mm. you know, mm. um, we could commiserate over mm. that. Oh, mm. these freaking mm. cheaters and mm. stuff. Well, mm. that was all alive. And it sounds like, again, because. And it sounds like, because you've come out of this narcissistic relationship, you're not looking for anything. You're like, oh, I've got rid of that nonsense. I now I'm with a normal human being. So I'm trusting exactly. what he's saying. I'm blessing my guard exactly. down. And of course, I'm not assuming he's hiding alcohol. And of course, I'm not assuming for one second that I've got myself into another fucking narcissistic relationship. Yes. No, I, I had no oh idea. And in fact, it had been over two years. I, I didn't really date. I didn't, you know, I thought I was working on myself and healing myself and stuff. But I... um you know, so when I felt like I was ready for a relationship, I, I made the list. Mm. I put it out to the universe. I manifested him. I'm a great manifester. Mm. And I got a week later, he checked off everything wow. on my list. So when he says that we're soulmates and all this stuff, how yeah. could I, yeah. I deny that? Because yeah. I did. Yeah. Now I have learned that wow. universal intelligence and the divine God and all its greatness will give you exactly what you want, but will also give you all the unhealed, unlearned lessons yep. that you still need to learn. Bloody you can hell. run, but they will find you. Bloody so I got all the unlearned lessons from my first marriage, came in a, in a beautiful package of oh a man. Oh my God. It's, and, it's, um, it's uh, unbelievable. So how, but this was a much quicker ride. So was there a much quicker, reali was. was there a much quicker realization from your part? There was, mm. there was, mm. yes. So we, um, we had, had been together and it was, we got married, we met in 2019 and got married in 2019. Mm. So that's another thing, you mm. know, if, if you want to look at red flags, don't go so fast. Yeah. But yep. but again, it's like, well, I'm older. I'm in my 40s. I knew what I was looking for. Yes. So why waste time, you know? And yes. so it's like, 
it's, it's very challenging. Was that just before COVID then or during COVID? Yes. Perfect. Nope. Uh, that's where we're going. How, so to marry a, how to marry a narcissist during COVID. This is your book right here. Oh, oh yeah. this, yeah, yeah this is when all, all hell broke loose. Oh so um, we got married in December 2019. Mm-hmm. We were going to go because, so he has three boys. I had two boys, mm. same ages. Our boys are, were just, they're wonderful little friends. Mm. Um, and so mm. we were going to wait till spring break, mm. March, to mm. go on our honeymoon and do all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, February, March, the world shuts down. Oh my God. And so, and this is when his mask came off. This is when the devaluation started. And so again, for me, it was very confusing because the world was upside down and and it was hard to know, is this 2020 or is this who he is? Mm. It was very confusing. Mm. I spent all of 2020 just in a freaking cognitive dissonance. I didn't know what was real, what wasn't real. I stopped drinking because I just, I, there was just so much gaslighting Mm. that I was like, wait, I know this didn't happen this way. You needed to be pinched so up to start to, to put the fucking story together, right? Sounded like. Yes, Bloody yes. Hell. And so I <laughs> needed to be completely sober. I'm a big journal journaler. Mm. And so I started writing. And in my journals, it was like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I don't wow. what the hell is going on. Wow. Is it 2020? Is it him? Yeah. And so um, at, towards the, it was about um, August 2020, I, I had had enough. I got a restraining order on him, got him kicked out. We were separated for two months. And and still, it was it was still very confusing because I still didn't know. I'm like, mm. is, is this who? Mm. I, 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 and again, I didn't know what narcissism was. Yeah. Well, I just knew that this was not what I wanted. It was so weird. I yeah. couldn't figure it out. It felt wrong. Yeah. What was the girl like? What was the the pinnacle to the point you needed him out the house and you needed a restraining order? Like how how bad had that got? What was an example of what he was well, doing? He he um he just started drinking more ah. and more and more, and yes. his behavior just got worse and worse. He was just a very negative, Ugh. mean, toxic person. Yeah, and so you know I. People say, well, was it because of his drinking? No, mm. I know wonderful, kind mm. alcoholics yes. who are the most loving people in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it has, it, no, yeah. we don't even do that. It's power and control. Yeah. And he is choosing to behave mm. this way. He's choosing to do this. Mm. Um, and so I, I, the house just felt really oppressed. I just would, I would never go home. I would just take the kids and we'd just be gone all day. And he mm. would just be in his room, just drinking himself. Bloody to a frenzy. No. He, he was just a mean, horrible person. Ugh, yes, and so bye, one, get out. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. And so one, <clears throat> one night I, I came home and, um, he was just, yeah, very, very toxic and mean. And I was like, you know, I'm going to record him because, he doesn't believe it. And then mm. the next morning he always, you know, tries to gaslight, say mm. that didn't happen. That's why mm. I don't do that. And so I started recording him and he just flipped out and he wrestled the phone from me. And and again, you know, later on, he's like, I was, I was not trying to hurt you. I was just yeah. trying to get the phone. Well, my phone dialed 911. Oh shit. Cause I think if yeah. it gets shut yeah. off or shut yeah. off, whatever. Emergency. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, um, 
And so I, I was like, I, I'm done. I want him out of my house. I want, I want him gone. And, um, so that's how I was able to do that. Wow. Well, we were, we were separated for two months and he kept sending his, you know, you, you hear these words, the flying monkeys. Right. Um, yeah. his mother kept, kept calling me. Oh, oh he misses goodness. you. He's oh, changed. Goodness. He's, he will do whatever, yeah. he will go to AA, he yeah. will do all this stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, again, it was like, was it 2020 or is this really who he is? Yeah. And I did not know what uh, narcissistic abuse was. Mm. Did he really, was he really trying to just grab the phone or was he trying to hurt me? Like, yeah. you know, it was, it was just, so it, it was so confusing. Yeah. And so finally, you know, his mom just would not give up and, Finally, I, I agreed to to meet him, and we talked. And then he loved bombed me mm. back to him, mm. and and I did have some some boundaries. You know, mm. I'm like, well, you need to do an abuser course. Mm. You need to do AA. Mm. And again, it's 2020, mm. so there's everything's Nothing. online. Yeah, cool. so of course he agrees to everything. Yeah. And and he did. He stopped drinking for four months. I think I don't know. Yeah. Because I, again, then I just yep. started finding vodka bottles in the garage uh, and other places, and so you well, know, it's he, like he he hadn't he hadn't stopped drinking for sure. No, in no, no. the the AA the classes did nothing. Yeah. He he didn't take them seriously. It was yeah. just to appease me to get back into the house, of course. And so then it was just then I found out I was pregnant. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> so oh my you know, it's like and then we had a house fire. Oh then we had all these God. things, and so. And then his ex-wife died. Oh, come on. And this is just, we're only in 2021. That's, I mean, that and sounds so, like a rough couple of years right there. How are the, so, you know, how are the, um, how are the, your kids, how are your kids and his kids through this tumultuous, he's in, he's out, he's drinking, he's not like, again, I, I know I keep asking about well, the kids, but it's just interesting to me. kids grew up in this chaos. Right. You know, I mean, and my first husband, he, he wasn't the best, but he was not the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my family, you know, I'm very close with my family. I'm still actually with, with my first ex-husband. <clears throat> he um, actually disowned his parents because his parents wouldn't disown me. Mm. And so he, he disowned his parents wow. because his, you know, I'm still, I'm very close with his parents. They yes. treat me like their daughter That's still, nice. That's you know, nice. to this day. That's nice. Um, and so I, I have a, a wonderful support system. And because I've, I would always talk to my children after a bad behavior from him, I mm. would pull them aside. He was also very toxic masculinity. Yep. Um, he liked to shame the kids. Oh, oh, you need to go get milk from your mom. Oh, God. You know, like, like, like That's horrible stuff horrendous. like that. So I would pull my kids aside and every time I notice something and I would talk to them like this is not okay no and so in my head in my mind you know going back to mindset I was like I don't want to be in this marriage mm. I don't I don't want any of this yeah this is not the life I wanted yeah and you know our thoughts create our reality and yeah. so for you know 20 for for two more years I just thought my way out of this, yeah. this marriage. Yeah. And so, cause I, you know, I didn't know how yeah. to, I mean, I, I did, but you know, you become so enmeshed and so entangled. Yeah. And like I said, you know, the trauma bond, all these things. 
And it's like, okay, he has horrible behavior today, but tomorrow he's like the most loving, kindest person. Yeah. And, and so it's like, how, how much can you take of the, the negative, horrible stuff yeah. before you find worthiness in yourself and say, I'm done and over it? And, you know, I stayed a little longer too, because when his ex-wife died, we got three extra boys and and I had known them for so many years. I was like their, their mother. Yeah. So you felt a responsibility to them in that moment. So that kind of kept you there for longer than you would have liked, but you did that for the kids, for his kids. Yes. But, you know, we, we actually, there, there, we, when we had the house fire, then we moved to a temporary home and all this stuff was going on. And then his wife dies and we have all these kids. Um, we decided that, well, let's just have a fresh start and, and the move to Florida. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Get some sunshine, some yeah. beach. Let's just have a, a mm. clean slate. Let's just start all over. Well, my first husband, he agreed to it. And I was writing up the motion this, that we were going to file with the court. Yep. We were going back and forth with his attorney wow. and stuff. And he was agreeable all the way. Like, okay, we found a house in Florida. Mm. We're, we're moving in Florida. Mm. The night before we were to move, no. he filed a motion preventing me and the boys of from course, moving. Of course he did. He Even probably had planned like, to do that all, all along. All documented, all, yeah. He planned to he do that like, all I didn't, along. I didn't, I didn't oh, agree to any of this. And oh. so... um Jason, my second husband, him and his kids moved to Florida, mm. uh, but me and my kids we didn't. Oh my gosh! And so this is part of the, um, you know, the, my my prayers kind of being answered in a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, and what's funny about this too is that yeah. I moved in with my first ex husband's parents that's, because I had nowhere to go and they amazing. had a huge house. Yeah. Which pissed off him even more. I can only imagine. Know, that must have ripped him to uh, pieces. Well, I mean, it, it it did. It did rip him to pieces, it did. didn't it? It I did. Mean, so, but, you know, it was... So, <laughs> conscious of the time, I've got two narcissism-based questions, and then I want to just wrap up with you today and how your recovery is going from all of this. So, but yes, I, I, yes. these narcissist questions have been on my mind since the beginning. Does a narcissist, is a narcissist born a narcissist? Is it a mental health state of being? And can a narcissist be un-narcissized? Or is that just their lot? <laughs> does that make sense, that question? So, yes. Yep, it totally does. Okay, so, um, again, I'm not a psychiatrist. Yeah. But you I, had experience I do know. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a lot of mm. firsthand experience. Mm. Um, so... Are they born a narcissist? I don't believe that they are born a narcissist. Mm. It's a disordered personality, and disordered personalities develop yes. over time. Interesting. Um, whether it's through traumas or whether it's through other things, events in their life, circumstances mm. in their life, mm. um, where they start to to put on these um, protective self, these layers of protective self. Um, Makes and sense. so if you can have so many layers of protective self that even they don't even know who their true self is that's, that's because they, it's, it's buried like an onion under mm. so many layers. Mm. Um, narcissism is something that is generational trauma. Mm. So if you look at generational trauma, you can see that, um, the, the the traumas of our forefathers, they say it goes back three to four generations. 
is passed down. Mm. So it's passed down in the sperm, mm. right? Wow. So it's passed down on the father's side. Wow. So there could have been a history of narcissists mm. in the family, mm. and that is passed down. That wow. is something I found out when I was researching all of this. Like, why did I? Why was I married to two? Well, it just so happened. It was passed down. I have many grandfathers who were narcissists, mm. and it was passed down generationally. Mm. Does it mean that I'm going to be a narcissist? No. no. Does it mean I'm more susceptible mm. to it? Mm. Yes. But mm. like anything, we can yeah. tr- turn that off and yeah. on. It's just, you know, there might be this gene, this narcissistic gene. But, you know, we all have narcissistic traits. Mm. We all love admiration mm. and adoration. Yeah. We all want, you know, these, um, uh, the ego is good. It is good to be, to be, um, uh, you know, to have a sense of entitlement, Yeah. you know, all, all these things, but when it's like blown out of proportion and when you have multiple traits all at once, that's mm. very different than me just having a really yes. big haughty ego yes. tonight, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, wow. And so we, we do have all these traits within us. Um, they're all there. But we're not all narcissists. We have empathy. We have compassion. Mm. We're we're not abusive. And again, you have to remember that narcissistic abuse, when a narcissistic person abuses mm. other people, that's it's power and control. Yeah, because I suppose you can be a narcissist without abusing someone. You can just be not a not have a narcissistic traits. by yourself. But mm. I mean, I just, the two pretty much go. Hand yeah, hand. I was going to say, you're a narcissist. There's going to be. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're manipulative, manipulative and abusive by, by trait, basically. Um, yeah. My other question was, um, in your experience with relationship attorney and seeing narcissistic relationships, I'm assuming there's just as high a proportion of female narcissism abuse going on. And I am definitely, the more we talk about this, realizing in my 20s I was in a disgusting relationship with a, with a, a, a girl between my age of 22 and 20. 22 and 24 we were holed up together with all kinds of uh, drink and drugs problems and she was i love you i love you i love you i hate you don't get away from me i can't live without you give me your phone you can't talk to this person it was what i mean that whether that was narcissism or whether that was she was just plain abusive (laughs) manipulative (laughs) i don't know what but is there is it higher is there a higher male component female component i'm every one would assume everyone's as capable as the next person yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know um, the statistics yeah. out there, but I do know since I have been sharing my story and and speaking and and talking about this that um, I get messages from both men and women. Mm. Stephanie, your podcast, you described my dad, mm. you described my mother, mm. you described my girlfriend, you described my boyfriend, yeah. you described my husband, yeah. and so it's wow. I I only know it from from my experience, which is two men yep. that I was married to. Of course. Um, but I am hearing stuff mm. now. Mm. It, it's kind of like, this, people ask me this all the time too, is narcissism on the rise? Well, I, I think what we are experiencing is, you know, when you buy a brand new car and before you buy it, you, you've never seen that car on the road. Mm. No one has a blue truck like mm, this. Mm, mm. And then you buy it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, they're everywhere. Yeah. 
is so yeah. common. Yeah. And so I, I look at it like it seems like that. You know, I, I never saw narcissism before, but now I see it everywhere. Yeah, of course. Now you know about it and you understand it. It's sort of everywhere you choose to look at it, interestingly. Um, so let's wrap up with you. With you, Like how, uh, what does this do to a human being? <laughs> how is your, so, you know, for me, very quickly, I, like my last five, six years since my father died and I nearly killed myself, I nearly drank myself to death it's been about self-love, right? It's been about understanding my value and worth on this planet as a human being, realizing that people care about me, not not trying to um, sabotage every relationship that I'm in, not trying to push people away, but invite people in, not trying to isolate myself, asking for help and telling people that I'm not okay because for all of my life I was told to to stop complaining, stop moaning, deal with it, suck it up. And it's been the most amazing, eye-opening, scary, but wonderful journey of enlightenment, if I may put it that way, for me. Um, but yeah. for a second, I was on the edge facing the de- like literally the depths of hell. So that's, yeah. that's, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely get it. So if we go back into the beginning when I was laying on my sister's bathroom floor saying, oh, yeah. why me? Yeah. And, um, you know, why was all this stuff happening to me? What did I do wrong? How did I, where did I F up? Yeah. Mm. Um, but when I, I felt, you know, God saying, Stephanie, you need to see your life through a different lens. You're not seeing it clearly. I was able to make that shift of letting go of the victim story because when I was stuck in the victim story, I could not see the lessons. And if you think, if we're here to, to grow, we, you, you're not growing when you're stuck in a victim mindset. You're you're stuck. You're not growing. You're not evolving. You're not doing anything. Mm. You're just stagnant, yeah. like a stagnant pond. Yeah. And and so when I let go, and that was just a choice. It was just me saying, "I'm done being a victim. I'm done being a side player of my life. Mm. Shouldn't we be the star of our life? Mm. Why am I a background character mm. in my life?" Mm. Mm. And so I, I made a conscious choice to say, I'm letting go of the victim story and I'm choosing to become the star of my story. When I was able to do that, I could see the lessons. And what I mean is I brought out a journal and I walked through both of my marriages and said, okay, instead of me saying that these are monsters trying to destroy my life, which is, which keeps me in victim mindset, what if they were teachers here to teach me powerful lessons? And they taught me very, very, very powerful, tear-filled nuggets of wisdom. Wow. So I went through, okay, thank you, Josh. What's funny is that my husband's are Josh and James, both <laughs> yeah. Aquarius, both look alike each other. <laughs> I have a type. That's funny. <laughs> um, and so I... I said, okay, well, if I'm looking at them through the lens of being wise teachers and they taught me things. What did they teach me? Mm. Well, they taught me boundaries. Mm. They taught me forgiveness. Mm. They taught me that I'm worthy of so much more. They taught me all these things. So I made these lists and then I was able to forgive. I was able to release and let go. And, you know, our body holds onto this trauma. So we have to release it out of our body. Mm. And then we have to build in the mindset 
the new thoughts. I needed to let go of all the victim thoughts, all the negativity, all of that stuff. But then when you let it go, you have to put in new stuff. Yeah. So I started um, designing the life I wanted. Well, if we are creators of our reality, people would say that all the time. Yeah, 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 whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. <laughs> but if we truly are creators of our reality, and I have just created 17 years of hell, then I can create a beautiful, happy life, wow. the life I want, where I am the star. Yeah. And so I wrote down what I wanted. What is the life I want? How do I want to live it? What do I need to put in my mind? What are the thoughts I need to begin to think? Mm. And I found a mentor to to help me with all of that. Mm. And I am an EFT practitioner, which has helped with, with a lot of that as well. Mm. And so through repetition, I have changed my mindset. Mm-hmm. I have changed my subconscious mind, understanding wow. their mind and how all that works. And so, yes, I'm at a, I am a completely different person. And you know what they say too, biology, yep. our body regenerates itself every 11 months. That means all our cells are completely new people. So I can honestly say I am a completely new person. It's amazing. And it also takes some strength in order to do that and take all of that negative and turn that into positive. And I think for our listeners, it's, it is a daunting prospect, isn't it? Like if you're in it right now and you're listening to this, all I would say is like, listen to what Stephanie's saying and listen to what I've been banging on about for the last five years, which is like, if we can do it, you can do it. Do you know what I mean? But it, when you're in it, it's really hard to see the light, isn't it? Sometimes you're like, well, how, how am I going to trust? So how are you with trust now? Like if you're getting into another relationship, having had those two, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. No doubt. Well, well, it, it can be tough if we say it's going to be tough and uh, it will be tough. Yes, right. Yes. So again, you, you write down the qualities you want and the qualities you want are the qualities that you have to develop in yourself mm. first. I'm not dating. I'm not putting myself out there, mm. right? You know, with mm. my my ex husband dying and all this stuff. Mm. I'm I'm here for my children yes. Yes. right now yes. and working on myself. Mm. Um, but I I have thrown some big things out there in the universe because again, <laughs> if it were to happen, if he shows flies me out on his private jet, to, you know, his <laughs> private yacht somewhere in the med, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah. But that's um, funny. You know, it's, it, it is the mindset and it is, I'm not going to go into it saying like, this is going to be hard. I'm going to attract another narcissist. I'm going to do all this stuff. I truly believe I have healed and moved on from that. I've mm. learned the lessons. Mm. I've broken the patterns. Wow. Um, and even doing the generational stuff, you know, bringing it up with my family, like, okay, well, we have, how do we heal as a family these these narcissistic traits from my my forefathers mm. you know um and so we we've done a lot of that big work because that's also something i don't want to pass down to my children correct yeah um wow. and so it it's really is i i i'm very conscious now of what thoughts i allow into my mind very conscious and it takes discipline. It takes yeah. hard work. It takes work. And like what you were saying, like it, it is hard. And for many months, all I said almost every day, all day long was it's hard. It's not impossible. I can do hard things. Mm. It's hard. You know, when my husband was trying to alienate me from the kids, like all, all this stuff, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's not impossible. Vindication is mine. I will get through this. And so if you have to do mirror talk, go stand in front of the mirror and just say that over and over. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm going to I'm going to wrap this episode up and then go and talk to myself in the mirror because there's a few things that I need to put right. So um, this seems like a great time to end. I don't think we. I was about to say we missed anything out. Sounds like we could have missed out one thousand five hundred other things. But this has been an amazing hour. And thank you so, so much for, for joining me and talking so openly about all this incredible stuff. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Luke.